Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 25. And uh, we're going to begin reading. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. I know many of you are probably very well acquainted with the King James Version. But I'm going to read the New Living Translation of Matthew chapter 11. Beginning at verse 25, beginning at verse number 25, Matthew 11. And I need some intercessors to uh, pray every day and every Sunday, but show enough today during this word. Uh, pray as we hear what God has to say and pray that indeed we do hear what God has to say. Matthew 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father... Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from people who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Amen going to try and share this morning from the thought get some rest get some rest uh who who all's been watching the olympics besides me anybody been watching i believe first lady and i've been watching more olympics this year than ever before been watching some olympics and uh, just intrigued by uh some of these exercises some of these events that people have to do that require i mean a, a level of fitness and strength and endurance. I mean, I've never watched water polo in my life, but I've been watching these men and women play some water polo. I mean, you staying in the pool, treading water, swimming, hitting the ball, throwing the ball, kicking folk, hitting folk, getting kicked, getting hit. It's, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Some of these events, the, the stamina that it has to require, the strength, the, the endurance, and it makes me wonder, man, what has gone into the training, the, the training and uh, all that they had to do just to get ready to, to make it to the Olympic level, you know, to be an Olympian where you, you compete at that level. Uh, I mean, I, I wonder what kind of training ping pong people have to go through to be. Can you imagine some uh, ping pong Olympian in the weight room trying to, bro, you play ping pong. I don't... I don't know why you need to be benching 450. You, you playing ping pong, bro. But some of these people, they really, I, I, I've gotten a better understanding 
as to why Simone Biles tapped out. Initially, I ain't gonna lie. Initially, I was like, now, I, I just need some help understanding. I just need some, this, you ain't new, this, you're not new to this rodeo. This ain't your first rodeo. This, this ain't new. Why now, in Tokyo, not, not before the flight left, but in Tokyo, now you, you say it's too much. I, but I had to have some conversations with people to understand. Uh, just sometimes the weight can, can become too much. The weight and the pressure can, can become too much. And with gymnastics in particular, they have these things they deal with called twisties. And they, they, they need air awareness where, um, I don't know when the last time any of y'all did somersaults. Uh, might have been a week or two ago for some of our golden achievers. I don't know. Uh, but you can, get, you can get up in the air and, and lose your place as to as to where you are. And so with a lot of pressure and weight on your mind and on your psyche and you up in the air and you just, you kind of lose focus, lose your place. I had to have some conversations with people to understand that, that sometimes performing certain tasks, uh, uh, weight and pressure on your mind can get to you. And Jesus is, he, he addresses a, an audience who's acquainted with dealing with weight and pressure and, and, and having, to, having to perform at a certain standard, you know, and having, having to measure up and, uh, and, 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 and try to get it right and, 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 and try to nail it and, and all of that. And, and he's talking to an audience of people who may not have gone to Tokyo to, to do somersaults or perform on an, un, a parallel bars or, or whatever, but he's talking to people who know what it's like when you when it's just too much on your mind when you're when you're trying to measure up and seem like no matter what you do you you never measure up you're never good enough you you you're never you're never righteous enough you 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 just you just can't meet the standards and and Jesus has a word for everybody who 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 goes through life where you feel like man sometimes it's just too much. You, it, it weighs you down when you when you can't meet the standard. You, no, no matter how hard you try, no matter no matter what you say, no matter how much education you get, no matter what neighborhood you live in, no matter what car you drive, there's still some people who're going to treat you as if you still don't measure up. You, you still ain't about nothing. You, you, you can be a, the most educated person in the room, but you, you have the wrong color of skin in their eyes, you, you ain't going to measure up. You, you, you can have all the experience. You can have the title. You can have the position. You can have the, the, the income that comes along with it, the responsibility. But if you're the wrong gender, sometimes they, they'll treat you like you still just... You just don't measure up. Je Jesus is talking to an audience of Jews who knew what it was like to, to not measure up. This, this audience that, that he speaks to in Matthew chapter 11 verses 25 to 30 uh, is, is a Jewish audience. These are Jews who are under Roman oppression. They, uh, they, they can't measure up. They can never be as good as, as Romans because they're, they're Jews. They're, they're not Romans. They, no, no matter how much money they would make, they'd still be just Jews, no matter no matter what 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 they could do good in society, they'd still just be just be Jews and uh, to not measure up to be an oppressed people. And uh, on top of that, on top of being an oppressed 
people, Jews living under Roman oppression. Um, you, you, they had Roman, I'm sorry, they had religious leaders who put more weight and responsibility on them. They, they, their, their religious teachers taught them, uh, if you really want to please God, here's how you got to live. And they laid out all those rules, all, all these rules, all these rituals. And isn't it something how life itself can give you weight and burdens and pressure? And then religion can compound the complexity and the rigors of, of trying to live right and trying to... Y'all don't... Am I the only one in here who ever feels like Sometimes trying to live right can be exhausting. All three of us, y'all excuse the three of us, the four of us, the five, the six of us, y'all. Y'all excuse the six. Sometimes on top of everything else you're dealing with in life, you, you can have your, your, your religion. And I know we don't like to refer to Christianity as a religion. We say it's a relationship, but it, it, it is a religion. If you categorize it it, it, it falls within the confines of a religion. And sometimes uh, religion can put more weight on you on top of the weight you're already carrying. Sometimes religion can put more pressure on you on top of the pressure you're already carrying. Sometimes, sometimes Jesus is talking to a crowd who already dealt with all kinds of weight and pressure and domination and oppression in their life and on top of that their religion compounded it and added to the problem rather than contributed to the solution. Jesus, Jesus, he, he addresses it when he says, come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He's talking to people who are going through not, listen, we got to be clear on this, not just with life burdens, not, 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 not with don't have enough money to pay the light bill and don't have enough money to get the transmission repaired and don't have enough money to send my child back to school with new clothes and a new book bag. And uh, thank God for the free haircuts, free haircuts that some, that the church may have been giving away and uh, new, new book bags that, that, they, that they gave away over at the other, at the other organization. And, uh, but they ain't talking about that. Jesus is talking about all of that, but really it's, it's the pressure and, and, and the rigors of trying to live right. Now understand that this crowd that Jesus is talking to is probably a crowd full of poor Jews because most Jews in his, in his day, including him, they were poor. And poverty itself can be a burden. Poverty itself, when you constantly live in a state where you don't have enough, and no matter how much you make, it's never enough. You get a stimulus, it's never enough. Get a tax refund, it's never enough. Win $5 in the lotto, it ain't enough. No matter what you get, get a pay raise on your job, but then your car insurance goes up. You, you, you never have, any of y'all ever, I know, I know y'all ain't there now, but any of y'all can, can remember, you got to work hard, remember when you were there, when you didn't have enough, no matter how much you made you make a little bit more they increase your rent you make a little bit more they increase something else no matter how much you made it wasn't enough and all these people that Jesus talks to they're very likely poor and if as if that ain't enough they're they're, they're under Roman impression and as if that ain't enough they they their religious leaders are teaching them teaching them their their religion in a way uh, that puts even more pressure 
on their lives. I, I need to get this across now. Let, let me get th- th- their religion, their, their religion, their, 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 their burden, their laboring, mainly because of their religion. Their religion. Jesus is talking to people who are going through just in life, but also it's, it's their religion. And what we've got to point out and make clear, y'all, is that what's, 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 what has contributed to their religion, uh, adding to the complexity and the rigors of their lives is that what they're being taught, please hear me, this generation that Jesus addressed, what they're being taught is a deviation from what God originally birthed when he gave the law. Got to make that clear. That, that how they're living, the rules that they're living according to, based on their understanding of their religion, based on what they've been taught, is actually a deviation from what God originally had in mind when he gave, when he gave out the law. When he originally instituted a, a, a covenant with this people, that they're, they're now living in a way where God is saying, you know, you know some of that stuff y'all into... I, I never meant for y'all to be into that. Some of that stuff y'all getting worked up over, I I never meant for y'all to be worked up over that. For example, for example, in the very next chapter, Matthew 12, Matthew 12, Jesus, I believe maybe two, two times in Matthew 12, Jesus is going to violate what they understood to be the, the law regarding the Sabbath. Remember, God told them, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. But uh, throughout generations, the Pharisees had come to a place where they had so many rules and regulations as to how to keep the Sabbath where in Matthew 12, one example, um, Jesus and his, and his disciples are going through a cornfield and they pluck some corn and, and, and they eat the corn. Uh, they pluck the corn, I believe, on the Sabbath. And then on top of that, I guess they didn't have any hand sanitizer. I, I guess they didn't have a, a restroom nearby. They. They were eating corn with dirty hands. They, they were like, listen, I'm too hungry to be worrying about it. Peter, you have any sanitizer on you, bro? James, John, Andrew, y'all got any hand sanitizer on you? No, I don't want to get COVID from the corn. I just need a little sanitizer. The Pharisees watching Jesus and his boys eat this corn with dirty hands, and they went off. See, I told y'all he wasn't right eating corn with dirty hands. Then Jesus goes into the, goes into the synagogue, performs a miracle. On the Sabbath day, rather than rejoice in the miracle that's been performed, they go off because they felt like it was performed on the wrong day. It's just some things you ain't going to do on the Sabbath. I don't care how long you've had cancer. I don't care how long your hand been withered. I don't care how, what, what aneurysm you may have had. You, just, you, you, better wait till mon- you better wait till Sunday or Monday understanding the Sabbath was Saturday. They, they had deviated away from what God originally intended what God had in mind when he when he birthed this covenant with his people and when he gave his law and Jesus comes to these folk who are weary uh, who have been laboring who are heavy laden because it's like man no matter how no matter how hard I try I I can't live right no matter how much effort I put it put into it I I can't please God no matter no matter, I, I mean I really want to and Jesus is talking to people who are weary who are who have been laboring who are heavy laden because they've been trying to please God but but they can't to 
many rules. They, they can't. And Jesus is saying, I, I know you. I know you're tired. And again, it's not just from the life stuff. Not just from not having money for the light bills. And stuff you're going through with baby mama drama or, or other issues you're going through. Jesus is like, I know you're going through because you really want to please God. But you can't. You don't seem to measure up to the standards of the law. You don't seem to measure up to the standards of holiness. You don't seem to measure up to the standards of righteousness. You, you, you don't measure up. But really, the problem is not you you not measuring up to, to what God expects. You, you don't measure up to the, to the impossible standard that man has put on you by misinterpreting what God wanted in the first place. So he says... Come unto me, all ye that labor. Labor, weariness. Well, listen, when you really study the word labor, this word in particular comes from a word that means, watch this, y'all. It means weariness as though one had been beaten. Weariness from one as though they'd been beaten. Any of y'all been in a fist fight and you, I mean, you tired, but you're still fighting. They won't quit. You won't quit. You, you tired. And some, you want to call a timeout, but they... It's a weariness from, from, from one who's been beaten. Any of y'all ever beat your child so long? You just, I need a break. Hold on. I ain't done. Don't, no, don't leave. Just, just give me a minute. I got a hold of one of mine. I ain't going to mention his name, but I got a hold of one of mine one time. I had, I, I need a break. Hold on. I ain't done. The word labor, weariness as though one had been beaten. Jesus offers rest, rest. He says in verse 28, he says, uh, you'll, you'll be given rest, right? Verse 28, verse 28, verse 28. Make sure I got this right. Come unto me, all ye King James that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. In other words, in other words, I'll give you rest. Watch this, y'all. When you come to me, I'll give you relief when you come to me i'll i'll give you refreshing i'll refresh your spirit i'll refresh your your inner man your inner person from from all of that all of that weariness because you've been trying to live right but you're tired of it you're tired from it I, i'll give you rest weariness your labor is weariness as though one have been beaten. That heavy laden piece, that heavy laden simply means you're, you're burdened with loads. You've been carrying a heavy load for a long time. You've been carrying a heavy load with a long time. You have, carrying a heavy load. And Jesus again offered rest. I'll give you rest when you come to me. I'll give it to you when you come to me. I'm going to deal with that some more later. Uh, that, that word rest actually means, this is very important. The word rest actually means cessation, C-E-S-S-A-T-I-O-N, cessation, cessation. It's, it, it is a relief. It is a refreshing. Come, uh, come to me, all of y'all who are trying to live right, but it's wearing you out. Come to me, all of you who are really trying to live up to what you understand to be God's standard of righteousness and holiness, but it is exhausting you. Jesus says, come to me, and when you do, I'll give you rest. I'll, I'll bring about a cessation. I'll give you relief. I'll, I'll give you a refreshing. In other words, hear me, y'all. Jesus says, watch this, very important. All y'all who feel like that, when you come to me, I'll make that stop. 
I'll give you relief. I'll give you refreshing. I'll cause it to cease. Very important. Now understand this. His offer is to all ye. All of y'all who feel like this understanding. Some of y'all might not feel this way. Somebody say amen. Some of y'all might not feel this way. And when we read certain passages in the Old Testament, for example, Psalm number one. When you read Psalm number one, you can walk away with the impression that some people actually found delight in, in living according to the word of God. If you want to meet me there real quick, real quick, it'll, it'll be worth your while. Psalm number one, real quick, just the first three verses of Psalm one. Jesus says, all of y'all who feel this way come to me. But I understand some of y'all may not be exhausted weary feel like you've been in a fight feel like you've been beat being, you've been beat down for a long time because you couldn't measure up uh but but so all of y'all who do feel that way come to me but psalm one says um everybody may not may not have been worn out exhausted from trying to live according to their understanding of the law as god originally in intended for them to understand it watch psalm one the psalmist in psalm one says all oh, the joy the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Verse two, I love it. Watch what he says. But they delight in the law of the Lord. They delight in the law of the Lord. They love the word of God. Not, not just love the word itself. The psalmist in Psalm 1, they love living according to the word of God. They, they delight in living according to the law. They love it. They love it. They, have, they delight in the law. Not just studying it. Not just teaching it. You know, some people can delight studying and teaching. But when you get a, a, a good little look at their life, their life don't look like they delight. The, the, the psalmist in Psalm 1 is telling us, he's saying, I, I, I'm not going to hang around in verse 1. I'm not going to hang around, take the advice of people who live with no morals, no values, no boundaries, no discipline. I ain't got time for that. I don't, I don't, I don't want their advice. I don't want their counsel. They, they don't seek God. They don't care about what's right. They don't have a moral compass. I don't have time for that. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the author of Psalm 1 would say, I used to live that way. And I saw, I saw what it did to me. I saw what I lost. I couldn't, I couldn't keep my marriage together. I couldn't keep a job. I couldn't, I couldn't stay happy. I, I lived with a lack of discipline. I lived with no morals. I lived with no values. I lived with no boundaries. I'd do anything. I'd say anything. I'd go anywhere. I'd smoke anything. I'd eat anything. I'd drink anything. I didn't care. But I came to a point. I wonder if the psalmist of Psalm 1 is saying, but I came to a point where I recognized living with no boundaries, no values values no there was no out of bounds in my life but I came to a place where I had no choice but to become more disciplined and my life is better and my life is disciplined governed watch this y'all governed by the word of God what God says governs my life and my life is better I wonder, I wonder if the psalmist of Psalm 1 knows what it's like to live a life where there's no discipline, where anything goes. 
and how much it costs you. Maybe he saw how it costs other folk. Some of y'all, some of us have that testimony. No, there's some stuff I ain't never done, but I've seen people who do it, and I've seen what it costs them. I learned from their mistakes. But the psalmist of Psalm, the, the, who authored Psalm number one says, verse two, they delight in the law of the Lord. Meditate. I think about it all the time. It's on my mind early in the morning. It's on my mind at night. It regulates my life. I delight in it. I love it. I love what it does for me. What does it do? Verse 3, they are like trees planted along the riverbank. There's stability in my life. There's constant nourishment in my life, bearing fruit each season. I'm productive. I'm productive in doing the right stuff. The businesses I run now, they're legal. I can actually get a business license <laughs> for the businesses I'm running now. I actually pay taxes. I delight. I'm productive. God blesses me. God blesses what I'm doing. I'm looking for God to bless what I'm doing. He blesses what I'm doing. I love it. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. I love the law of God. Yet, in Jesus' audience, obviously, back to Matthew 11, in Jesus' audience, there were some who were weary, laboring, heavy laden, and Jesus offered them rest. When do we get it? Jesus says, you can experience it when you come to me but he also says to them in verse 29 you'll find it verse 28 i'll give it to you verse 29 also you'll find it so let me see do is it given to me or do i find it jesus says yes it's both and i'll i'll give it to you 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 can experience relief Relief, I'll, I'll, it, it'll, your, your, the pressure of having to measure up uh, can cease when you take my yoke upon you and you'll find rest. Now, this means that there is, I shared this word with y'all a couple of weeks ago, that there is an eschatological dimension to this rest. In other words, es eschatology deals with the doctrine of the end times, that when it's all said and done, I'll be at rest. I'll have rest. When, when I see him, when I'm with him forever and ever, uh, I'll have rest. So I get some now, but I, I get some later. It's given to me now when I come to him, but I can also find it later. His rest comes. His rest comes from wearing his yoke. Take my yoke. Take my yoke. Not take a yoke. Take my yoke upon you. A yoke was this wooden frame that you would put on animals for when they would have to carry heavy loads. Many times, a yoke would pair animals together. You'd have one animal, his head would be in one part of the wooden frame, and you find another animal in, in the same kind of thing, and they, they'd be paired together, and someone would control the direction of the yoke. The yoke, again, is this wooden frame. It's designed uh, mainly for animals carrying heavy loads. And Jesus is saying, um, I'm offering you my yoke. My yoke, which would, which would mean that you, you come to me and, and I direct your life. You, you come to me and I steer you. I, I pace you. I, you. You come under submission to me. You, you, you surrender your life to me. He, he, it's, that's, that's what it is. It's Jesus in control of your life. It's not, it, Jesus doesn't say, come to me and I'll be your sidekick. No, I'm not. Jesus is not offering to be anyone's sidekick. Jesus says, come to me, surrender to me, submit to me, uh, uh, become a disciple of me. I'll give you rest. 
I'll give you rest. Are y'all with me so far? So then this yoke, this yoke that Jesus offered was to be, ex was to be in exchange, listen y'all, was to be in exchange for the yoke they were already under. And I want to submit to you, as I've told you in the past, everyone has a teacher. I believe everyone wears a yoke. Everybody. Wearing some, you are not as much in control of your life as you think you are. Everyone is under some type of a yoke. The yoke that, the, that Jesus' audience is, is wearing is a yoke of legalism. Legalism, where their relationship with God is based on a whole bunch of rules, again, that was handed to them that they cannot keep. They were in yokes of legalism. Jesus, on the other hand, offers a yoke of grace. I'll, I'll give it to you. Come to me and you can work towards earning rest. No, come to me. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'll give you salvation from your sins. I'll give you eternal life. It'll be a gift. I'll give you my spirit. He'll be a gift. I'll give you spiritual gifts. I'll give you purpose. I'll give you destiny. I'll give you me. I'll give you my presence. I'll give you access to the throne of grace. I'll give you everlasting life. I'll give you forgiveness of your sins. I'll give it to you. And I'll give you rest. I'll give it to you. But you got to exchange that yoke of legalism, a religion where there's nothing more than just a bunch of rules in exchange for a yoke of Jesus. But even if you're not trying to please God at all with the yoke of legalism, some of us are simply under a yoke of sin, yoke of darkness, all kinds of yokes. Jesus offers his yoke, not just any old yoke, his yoke, surrender to surrender to his authority, surrender, surrender to what he what, what he is coming to give us, he says he's meek and he's lowly. He's, he's offering his yoke. And with his yoke, you'll find rest. You'll find rest. I, I think too many of us, even in the church, are trying to claim Jesus as Savior and Lord, but yet live yokelessly. Trying to live yokelessly. You, you can't call, you can't claim Christ but live yokelessly. With, with Christ comes his yoke. You, you, you can't live yokelessly. And so living in Christ is supposed to bring me some rest. It's supposed to, it's supposed to relieve me of the pressure of trying to measure up. It's supposed to relieve me of the pressure uh, of, of trying to uh, maintain this standard where I please God. It, it relieves me of that pressure. But it's not, it's not yokelessness. It's a yoke of grace. It's a yoke of grace. Let me deal with a couple of things and we're going to wrap this up. So how do I get this rest? How, how, how do I get it? Well, Pastor Clark, you already told us. You already told us. If I, if I come to him and surrender to him and submit my life to him, I get this rest. Some of you are nodding your heads like, yeah, you, you told us. But as we really examine this question, I believe some of us have come to Christ, taken his yoke upon us, still ain't got no rest. Still dealing with the pressure of trying to measure up. Still dealing with the pressure 
from being substandard, still, still carrying the weight of not being good enough, knowledgeable enough, anointed enough, favored enough, righteous enough, holy enough, still, still carrying that weight, still carrying that pressure. Oh, you sing, but you still feel like you ain't good enough. You preach, but you still, still feel like you ain't, you ain't righteous enough. You come to church, you know the scriptures, but you question, some of you question whether or not you are saved. To you, Jesus says, come unto me. Take my yoke upon you. But listen to what else he says. He says, learn of me. Learn of me. Learn. Did you, did you learn to look at yourself as not being saved enough from Jesus? Did Jesus teach you that, that you got to live this certain way uh, in order for you to be saved enough? Did Jesus teach you that, that you can't ever sin ever at all if you really are saved enough? Did, did, where, where did you learn some of the stuff that's messing up your mind and messing up your walk with God and making you feel like you just, no matter what you do, you can't please them? No matter how hard you try, you can't please them. No matter how much you pray, you can't please How, how is it that with all that you've learned about Jesus, all that you, you've come to him, but you still question whether or not you're saved or whether or not you're anointed or whether or not you're called or whether or not you're favored or whether or not he's pleased with you or whether or not he loves you or whether or not he hates you. How, how can you even wrestle with something like that? But you've come to him. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? That, that, that some in the church had the same problem that people in Jesus' audience had, whereas the problem is that there is a deviation from what Jesus actually had in mind when he uttered these words and even when he died on the cross to save us. It could, could there be that even in the 21st century church that what we preach and teach as standards of righteousness and holiness is actually a deviation from what God had in mind when he uttered the words that we have printed in scripture. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Could it be that we can get, especially leaders in the church, could it be that we can get worked up over stuff that God ain't even studying at all? And as a result, we put weight and pressure on people. That they, that they ought not carry because there's been a deviation. Could, could it be that we argue and debate over stuff that Jesus is like, I ain't even, I didn't die for that. I wonder how many of us have perspectives and values and principles and, and boundaries and, 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 and convictions that's not based on scripture. Could it be that it comes more from your political party affiliation? I wonder how many of us get worked up over stuff that we didn't even learn from Jesus. We, I don't know who you got it from. And then, when we talk about learning from Jesus, when Jesus said, learn of me, learn from Jesus, my question is, which Jesus? Who's Jesus? It's different Jesuses. Who, who's Jesus? Is it the Jesus? Is it the Jesus who, who, uh, who, who would, who would that, that some people would say is welcoming and, and affirming and therefore, watch this, you can be a gay Christian? Or would it be the Jesus that we say, no, nah, 
You come to Christ, you got to make some changes. You, I don't think you can be a quote-unquote gay Christian. Which, which Jesus are we talking about? Are we talking about the Jesus, the pro-life Jesus? Or a pro-choice Jesus? Oh, there's no such thing as a pro-choice Jesus. In fact, if you even preach there's a pro-choice Jesus, that's heresy and you're going to hell. Which, which Jesus? The Jesus who says, honor the laws of the land and, and be a good patriot? Or the laws who say, no, we're going to protest black lives matter. Which, which Jesus? The Jesus that's pro-civil rights? Or the Jesus who tells everybody, stay in your place, wait, it'll all work out in due time. Which, which Jesus? A conservative Jesus? Or a liberal Jesus? Jesus says, come to me. Come, come to me. Come, come to me. Come, come to the one who never measured up. Watch this. When Jesus says, I'm going to wrap this up. I see I ain't, I ain't helping nobody. Let me just go and wrap this up. Jesus says, come to me. Why? Because I'm meek and I'm lowly in heart. Take my yoke upon you. Why? Because I'm meek and I'm lowly in heart. In other words, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like those other people who've been teaching y'all. Teaching y'all stuff that makes, that makes pleasing God nearly impossible. I ain't like them. In fact, when Jesus referred to himself as lowly, listen, when Jesus referred to himself as lowly, that was no compliment. There was nothing complimentary about being lowly. No one in that day and time would want to follow anyone who'd be labeled as lowly. When Jesus says, I'm lowly in heart, Jesus was basically saying, I, I really ain't about nothing. I'm, I'm really not anybody important. I'm, um, you really look that word up, you want to know what Jesus is, is actually saying? Jesus is actually saying, I'm, I'm not much more highly esteemed than an average sinner. So what he's saying to this crowd is, I'm, I'm not... I'm not, a, I'm not a hypocrite like those other Pharisees and Sadducees who've been teaching y'all. Are y'all with me? When he referred to himself as lowly, he's saying, I can relate to the person who struggles to get it right. I can relate to the person who really wants to please God, but they struggle. And keep in mind, Jesus is sinless. Jesus was sinless then. He's sinless now. He is our sinless high priest. We can come to the throne of grace when we're struggling with our sins and our temptations and get help because Jesus, according to the scriptures, can sympathize with us because he struggled just like we did, but yet without sin. But when he referred to himself as lowly, Jesus is saying to, to the one, to any of y'all who feel like you're the most low down, I can relate to you. Come to me. Come to me. Now keep in mind, when Jesus talked about the religious leaders of their day, he called them hypocrites. Don't be like the hypocrites. They got to pray all out in the streets to be seen. They got to give their alms, give their offerings all out in front of everybody. You know, don't, don't be like them. Don't be like the hypocrites. And sometimes he went off on them directly. Matthew, what, Matthew 24, Matthew 25, he went off on them. Y'all making a big deal of all of this stuff and all these. Y'all made the, the, the word of God uh, worse than tradition. You, 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 just, you, just, you made life worse for people with all these rules. You've deviated. Could it be that we can come to Christ and be, and be listen, and be more disturbed 
more disturbed by church rules than authentic biblical standards of holiness. Are y'all with me so far? Jesus says, come to me. All right, I have. Take my yoke upon you. I have. Learn of me. I have. You're supposed to find rest. You're supposed to, we're supposed to be in a state where we ain't wrestling with whether or not we please God. We, we, we're supposed to be in a state where Jesus says, come to me. I'll give you rest. It's not, I'll give it to you, but I'm going to snatch it back. I'm going to give it to you. Oh, I'm going to take it back. Now, granted, we get convicted when we commit sin. We get convicted when we fall short. But listen, the Bible said, Paul told the Romans, there is now no condemnation. I'm not supposed to be living as if I'm condemned. Yeah, I messed up, but don't condemn me. So if, I'm, if, I, if, I, if I have come to Christ. If I have taken his yoke, if I have surrendered to him, if I have submitted to him, if I have been learning, I've been coming to Sunday school, I've been coming to Bible study, I study the scriptures on my own, I meditate. Why, why, why am I carrying this weight because I feel like I can't please God? Why am I carrying this weight because I feel like I just, I can't get my life right? Why is it that I'm carrying this weight no matter how much I know about the scriptures? I know about grace. I can, I can talk about grace. I can, I can share grace with others, but I still, I, I, I just don't feel like I got any. I don't feel like God. Is looking beyond my faults and meet my needs. My encouragement to you comes from the text today. Get some rest. Get some rest. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Get some rest. If you've taken his, if you've come to him, rest in him. If you've taken his yoke upon you, rest in him. If you have surrendered to him, rest in him. If you've submitted your life to him, rest in him. If you got a made up mind to learn of him, rest in him. Be secure in your salvation. Be secure in your worship. Be secure in his mercy. Be secure in his grace. Be secure in your confession. Confess your sins. He is just and faithful to forgive us for our sins and clear us from all unrighteousness you may not feel cleansed but you need to rest in your cleansing you may not feel like you've been forgiven but you need to rest in your forgiveness God has forgiven you you need to walk as if you've been forgiven you need to think as if you've been forgiven you need to move forward as if you've been forgiven because in Christ when we come to him he told us you will find rest so why should I be walking around with all this weight and this pressure I feel like I just can't get it right. I just, I just can't get it right. I'm going to close with this. I'm done. I'm going to close with this. No matter how long we live, there's always going to be something that God is going to have to work on in our lives. As long you can live until you're older than Methuselah. <laughs> or like some old folk would say, they put an M on the end of it. You can be older than Methuselah. Listen, you can live to be two, three thousand years old. You still going to have some character issue, some life issue that God is going to have to work on. But the awesome thing is we got to also keep in mind that the person who's extending this invitation, come to me. I want you to come to me. And I wonder how many of us really came to church. Never really came to him. Came to church. And the test of whether you came to him or came to church is how, how have you been getting down during this pandemic since you couldn't come to the church building? If you've come to him, you can still fare well when you can't come to his house. 
come to me. I want you to come to me. But Jesus, I can't get it all together. Come to me. I, I want you to come to me, but Jesus, I can't. All, all these rules. I'm not saying that you got, you, you're going to have a yoke-less, rule-less life. You still got some rules and boundaries. There's some stuff that you can't do. or some stuff that you, you know, you, but, but come to me. Come to me. Come to me and rest. I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm at rest. I am in a state of rest. I'm secure in my salvation. I'm secure in the grace of God. I'm secure in the mercy of God. I'm secure in the faithfulness of God. I, I focus more on God's love for me than the stuff I can't get right. Am I working on it? Yeah. Does it bother me? Yeah. I really, I really want to please God. I really want the words of my mouth and my God, my, my mouth, my mouth. I'm talking about my mouth. I know y'all ain't got these. I'm talking about David Clark mouth. And I'm, sometimes I wonder, man, as long, it's like the more I walk with him, the worse my mouth gets, my mouth. But I really want the words of my mouth. And the meditations of my heart, man. And I'm, when I tell you I'm working on the stuff, I'm pondering and thinking and contemplating and meditating. And it's thinking, thinking. It's, I wish I could tell you I had, I've conquered it. I talked to Pastor Doe a long time ago and told him, I really believe my problem, problem with a lot of what I'm dealing with is my stinking thinking. Long time ago, long time ago. So we talked again about a week ago. He said, how's that thinking coming along? Man, I'm, I'm still struggling. But I'm getting better. I'm still struggling. But I'm secure in his grace. I'm secure. He told me to come to him and I did. He told me to take his yoke upon me and I did. He told me to learn of him and I did and I'm learning. I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. I ain't perfect, but I'm learning. I ain't there yet, but I'm learning. I, I ain't got it all behind me yet, but I'm, I'm learning. And I'm learning that he's gracious. I'm learning he's long-suffering. I'm learning that he's patient. I'm learning he'll never let me go. I'm learning he'll still bless me. I'm learning that I'm still anointed. I'm learning that I'm still favored. I'm learning that, that he'll never let me go. I'm learning that he'll still use me. I'm learning that he'll still keep me. I'm learning he'll still make ways. I'm learning he'll still fight my battles. I'm learning he'll forgive me. I'm learning he'll cleanse me. I'm learning he will do just what he said he will do. I'm learning he's more loving than I could ever comprehend I'm learning he's more gracious than I could ever measure I'm learning I'm learning that life with him is better than life without him I'm learning I'd rather wear this yoke than the one I was wearing before I came to him I'd I'm learning I'm learning that sometimes church folk can write you off but Jesus will keep you in the palm of his hand I'm learning I'm learning I'm learning sometimes I can get more worked up over man-made rules than stuff that's laid out in scripture. I'm learning. I'm learning, and I'm going to close again. What's this, my fourth one? I'm closing again. I'm learning that sometimes with this yoke, you got to tell folk, I mean, you may not tell them out loud, but some, you, you can't care what other people think. You can't care. Sometimes you're going to dissatisfy other folk who, who have on their own yoke. You've got to make up in your mind, I'm, I'm going to please him. I'm going to, I'm going to please him. I'm, I am going to please God. I am, I'm, going to, I'm going to please him. If I got to keep struggling, I'll keep struggling. If I got to keep warring and fighting against my flesh, I'm going to keep warring and fighting. But I'm going, I'm going to please him. When I get knocked down, I'm getting back up, but I'm going to please him. Get some rest. You're not called 
to be perfect. We are called to let the perfect one perfect us. I'm not perfect, but I can be better. I can be better. Sometimes I feel like I'm getting better in some areas and worse in others, but I'm getting better. Get some rest. Get some rest. This yoke of grace affords all of us some rest. Now, and when we're with him forever, we'll rest in his presence forever. We will rest in his glory forever. Everybody that talked about you, everybody that mocked you, everybody that that just dogged you out and told you you wasn't saved or whatever, they, if they at the throne around you and you at the throne, cool. But if, if they don't make it, but you do, I mean, but one day that rest will be eternal, forever, undisturbable. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm saying forever we'll be around his throne and I don't even know if we'll have the, the ability to be conscious of what of whether other people looking at us. I don't even know. I don't even know if we'll have that ability. I think we'll just there'll be a consciousness about us where we won't even we won't see nobody but him. I mean, it's my God rest. I'm trying to get a piece of that now. Well, I can praise him when I don't care who looking. I can throw my hands up. I don't care who looking. I can be transparent in my little sermon, and I don't care what you say. But you change your membership. Go get you a perfect pastor. Father, I pray now that you release a greater measure of your rest, peace, security, tranquility. In the name of Jesus. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.